Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Can you be as equally impressed by um, me getting up early and going for a run? <laughs> I am impressed. Like that is intense. And you live you live that way, don't you? I live so I live about half an hour away from Brighton. Uh, so I parked at Brighton Marina because it was my personal trainer said just just because of the longest run I've done up until now it's like 8k because I since the three peaks I haven't really pulled my finger out I was really physically exhausted from that yeah yeah sure and then um she said you've got to get a big one under your belt so go flat so I just thought I'll drive to the marina and then run to Hove and back again so that's what I did this morning but yeah as we were saying before we started recording like getting up in the rain and dark and I don't know how you do it Chris and we should probably say at this point, hi, welcome to the Worth Code Gang. We are really happy to be joined this week by Chris and Charlotte Parrish. And Chris is undertaking the Iron Man Challenge in Hawaii in just like two and a half weeks, aren't you? Yeah. So we head out um, not the coming Monday, but the Monday after. Um, and, it's on and- Saturday the 8th of. Yeah, Saturday, 8th October. Oh, wow. The day before my uh, equally is, is uh, crazy. To before the main start. event. And what are you so for anyone who doesn't know what an Ironman is, tell us. So it's a 3.8 kilometer swim, which is generally in a a lake, or when I'm out in Hawaii, it's out in the Pacific Ocean. Um, So fingers crossed, I don't see any sharks or anything like that, because that'll be fun on the day. Mm. But then you basically, as soon as you get out of the water, you uh, jump straight on your bike, uh, and it's 180 kilometers, uh, which out in Hawaii is um sort of through like lava fields and stuff so apparently it's it's right on the coast which means it's quite stunning but brutal because it's got it's quite undulating with a few hills in there loads of crosswinds and then the heat obviously is starting to pick up at that point yeah I was gonna say what heat is it gonna be it's I think it's like high 20s to low 30s but everyone says what's the brutality of it is the humidity um, okay. which is like what even the sort of top top professionals you know you see them walking on the run because once you've done the 180 kilometer bike ride you basically park your bike up swap your bike shoes for running shoes and then you run a marathon to finish um whole marathon uh, yeah simple. 42 <laughs> kilometers <laughs> i mean when i speak about it i still don't quite understand why i do it but it's no, uh, it's, it's just kind of escalated this is what we're saying, because I was saying like, I, I so I'm doing the um, Royal Parks half for Tommy's and having just completed the um, the three peak challenge, I feel I felt so physically exhausted after that. And it's really kind of taken me a while to get confident enough, really. Well, not I don't know if confidence is the right word, but to feel able to run again. And this morning I ran like 11 miles. And when I arrived, I thought of you because it was raining, it was cold. But I was like, if I don't do it, I'm not going to be as prepared as I could be for the, the thing. And that must be what keeps you going, like the that, idea yeah. of that you have to do it, that you've come this far. But my gosh, that the training, because I think people think of these Ironman events as like an incredible achievement as a singular event. But actually, when you think about the training that 
and the mindset that that has come up till now that's an incredible incredible feat to to undertake yeah I mean I couldn't what you just said in terms of the mindset is that it's mm. like the guilt almost in which is like not really the way it should be because you should train because you want to train but it's it does get to that point like this morning I woke up at 6 a.m at a 4k swim before work and like, I didn't want to get as soon as I woke up that alarm that I knew because I didn't train yesterday morning and my body's been quite battered this week off the back of crashing my bike last weekend and so uh, it was more of a like you just said there if I don't train this morning that means I've missed two swim sessions this week which probably in the grand scheme of things isn't a big deal but in my head I can't get my head around it mm. not being a big deal because I I want to be as well prepared as possible to I guess like, like you say it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is you're doing whether it's a, a 5k run a, a, an Ironman you want to you always want to do your best and, and make sure that yeah. you're always prepared it doesn't matter if you're you know somebody who's just an amateur or a professional I guess yeah. everyone has that in them that they want to I guess yeah can I ask a question do yourself justice you know so Bex has done her 11 mile run this morning in preparation yeah. for a half marathon and when people run a marathon they you know do what on 18k a few weeks before what is your sort of like long run what are you up to so uh annoyingly last weekend uh was supposed to be my biggest session before and I was three hours into my bike ride when I unfortunately crashed over in Windsor um which obviously sort of sincerely end of that session but that was supposed to be um a four and a half hour bike ride followed by a two and a half hour run back to back back so as, and as, you're not talking like a leisurely bike ride looking at the no. scenery you're always going <laughs> for it <laughs> yeah as, as as i as my wounds i guess suggest it wasn't um uh yeah i was basically trying to hit race pace um which not i guess yet. is a, again so just, put, just because obviously a podcast no one can see like Chris has what can only be described as what the, they look like burns which yeah they are how fast deep. you hit the the ground so Chris crashed his bike outside Windsor Castle yeah, the day before the, the funeral days. he was so overcome <laughs> with grief as he cycled past the <laughs> that he crashed yeah, yeah so it, it, going, in a lot of ways it, it was like uh, symbolic yeah, I guess so. It was literally at the point. So I don't know if you watched it, but you know when the Queens, uh, when, um, they were coming up that sort of single carriageway before they turned right to go up the long walk up to Windsor Castle. Mm. Yeah. At that very point, essentially where they turned off the road, that was that was where it happened. So as much as obviously it was, it was that like good and bad timing because it meant genuinely within a minute I had an ambulance and a police car yeah. like wow, is that helping bad? me ambulance. So yeah, I got put in the back of the ambulance. They cleaned all my wounds up, assessed me. Um, so you're think, going 50 kilometers an hour, aren't you? So to put that into context, what's that? About 30. You're going yeah. faster than the cars because there's so much traffic. Yeah. So it was. Um, yeah. I mean, and it was like the last few days has just been kind of uncovering more and more like knocks and injuries and stuff. And like I think like the one that maybe I probably hidden away from more than anything was I, I hit my head on the, the curb pretty hard. I dented my helmet, but um, and so, but I, I, so I don't know. Like, obviously, that that wasn't ideal, but I think no, I'm not okay. ideal. No, <laughs> I think I'm. I okay. might say, yeah. but it's just been a case of powering through, like you said, because 
I want to be as prepared as possible. So it's been a horrible week of, especially swimming. The, 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 all the wounds, like the side of my body's Ooh, got big, yeah. big um, road rash scabs and things like that. So it's, that's been fun, getting in the pool mm-hmm. every morning and sort of spending oh. the first minute wincing in pain. I tell you, it sounds it. Sea swimming would have been good there. A bit of salt water. Get a salt in there. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, tell us, like, take us, take us back to the beginning. So this is this ridiculously mad challenge that you're doing, Charlotte. Maybe you can explain why your crazy husband has undertaken this. (laughs) Well, he he said he wouldn't be doing another one, but uh, I guess he he did his first Ironman in. Uh, well, it was meant to be 2020, but got cancelled, so it ended up being 2021 yeah. in Copenhagen, and then enjoyed it. If some people, I don't understand necessarily how he can enjoy it, but um, did <laughs> well, got in the top ten. More, and, more of a like a, a tick off the bucket list to be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So that should have been the end of it, yes. Um, and then, and then he decided that uh, he came in the top ten, which was pretty good as an amateur, and then. And then was like, oh, I'd like to do another one. And I was pretty furious um, with that um, because there's, you know, there's a lot going on, um, I guess, in our in our lives and training, being married to someone who is training for an Ironman, who's also a PE teacher, so also has Saturday fixtures. Um, mm. So, you know, his time is, I guess, precious for the weekend. Um I wasn't particularly happy when he asked to do another one, but I do find it hard to say no to him um and so I said you know you make the decision on whether you want to do another one and I will support you either way I'm not giving you the kind of a-okay um so then he decided he was going to do another one so that was the Hamburg European Ironmans um which was in June of this year um and and I guess all of this coincided with us really trying for um start our own family Mm-hmm. To, have, to have a baby um so we yeah he he knew that the iron man was signed up from for june of this year um we started probably trying for a baby in around may of last year may 2021 um so may 21 um i uh yeah i guess i fell pregnant after two months um and then it was kind of like okay um we're pregnant so we felt pregnant I guess in the, we had the had the May period I think we tried that month and then in the June we had a period and then and then the July was when I didn't have one so therefore I was pregnant and it was kind of like it's okay you've got your August you know we've done it tick box you can focus on your Iron Man in the August of 2021 um and then um that'll be the end of it um anyway I'll come on to the the losses but um yeah so he wanted to do another one did one in June of this year which was meant to be the last one and by this point, um, we've had two miscar- miscarriages. And then he qualifies. So you, if you come in the top three, um, you qualify for the World Championships. Ironman. What? Hang is, on. I, this is, I was unaware of this. So you've already done this stupid thing. He's yeah, done, done, he's done, done two. Now. And it was meant to be, the second was very much <laughs> meant to be the last. And then he came third. So third. Yeah. Um so he a machine. Yeah, he yeah. then gets to effectively um he gets invited to Hawaii 
which is where the birthplace of this silly sport um, <laughs> oh, is from. Okay. So I feel, I feel slightly embarrassed about my little 11 mile jog now. <laughs> Mars is a solid run. That's, that's <laughs> it's all right, Chris. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so, yeah. So, so he's, um, well, yeah, so qualified. So, in June, you know, we found out, right, well, we, he's qualified. So, you know, had to have a bit of a conversation around what we're doing, but Ooh. we can come on to that. But we're going. Uh, and so, from June, three months to save for what is effectively like another honeymoon. Um, in terms of the cost of things it is mm. so expensive um and he is he's off or we are off to Hawaii a week on Monday um and he competes on the 8th of August but October. I think, uh, sorry 8th of October so I think I guess the kind of what we've been doing is using the opportunity and the platform mm. for this world championship qualification in Hawaii to raise awareness um, and funds um, for charity because, you know, we haven't ever as a couple done that. Chris Chris hasn't ever gone and kind of got into the London Marathon or and raised in that way. And I guess for some people, Chris might they might say, well, Chris runs marathons for fun at the weekend. So, you know, we're not going to sponsor, we're not going to sponsor money for that. <laughs> but this is obviously the pinnacle of the event. Um, mm. And so it's you know the ultimate endurance test. And as part of as part of your journey there, well, our journey there, we have spent since June effectively trying to raise money for Tommy's and the worst girl gang ever. It's mm. incredible. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just by itself is such an. Inc- I didn't know that you'd already done this. I should have done. <laughs> should have done more reading in that respect but to get to a final like a world championships in in anything is incredible but in such a challenging like you must have to train all the time that must be a real part of your life so fair play to you Chris and fair play to you Charlotte for supporting that because I'm not sure that I could support my husband wholeheartedly out the house all the time I get the hump with rugby training a couple of nights a week yeah yeah I'll tell you she yeah she's she's very good she's very supportive so she puts up with it yeah definitely gritted teeth at times in it so yeah it's I mean it was quite good in the sense of this one as much as obviously Hamburg was supposed to be the last one at least obviously I had most of July and August where I was in school holidays so I get the fair bulk it's only really been this last few weeks in September coming back to work full-time and obviously training Saturday morning fixtures where it's been a bit bit tough um but we're so close now yeah you couldn't say no to that that the achievement of being invited itself is fantastic it's also which I think Charlotte liked to hear is is, it's the best way to I guess to draw a line under it to to say sort of say yeah Iron Man sort of completed it completed it mate yeah, completely. I don't need yeah. to go back to it. Hopefully, hopefully. No, I definitely won't be. And any, anytime soon, she looks at me very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like fire coming out of her eyes. Yeah. So yeah. tell us about who you are raising funds for and, and why. So so we're raising funds for Tommy's um, and then also for this amazing community that is the worst girl gang ever. Um the reason being, uh, so we have suffered it kind of coinciding with Chris's um, training. We have we have lost three 
babies. So I've had three miscarriages. Um, the first was in August of last year. Um, that was also quite tricky because I had to have scans and surgery in and around Chris flying to Copenhagen to go and compete. So that was mm. obviously a strain for, for both of us and mentally for Chris mm. to carry that. And then, you know, he couldn't not go after all that training and it being cancelled in COVID. Um, so we had one in, in August, a loss in August 2021. Then I fell pregnant again in February 2022, but we lost that one in March of this year. And then I fell pregnant again in um when will we march uh gosh you should remember right, I mean, just after Hamburg. yeah fell pregnant in june and then yeah. lost the baby in july oh, uh, of this year so um yeah it's been a it's been a rough road of course um mentally and physically but mostly the mental scars um they last longer don't they um mm. and it has coincided with the training and um yeah we the reason we want to raise money for these to to um I guess the charity and a community is of course Tommy's does amazing work to try and get to the bottom of you know research their money and research to try and understand why women um you know why baby loss occurs why women lose their babies um but also for me I found the kind of one-liners on your Instagram page um particularly in the first instance is how I kind of came across you guys it, they just really resonated with me um, and then kind of developed through, found out a bit more about you guys and then listening to the podcast. And I've, I've found them as kind of my solace and a place that I can go and I can listen to them um, and relate to them and, and laugh as well as, you know, feel sad for all the stories and all the experiences. Yeah. And I think we are quite a dark humour type couple. Yeah. Kind of just the way that the way that we kind of cope or the way that I cope. It's a bit of sarcasm, yeah. really. It's my protective mechanism, I guess. Um, yeah. We were talking about this the other day. We oh, I can't remember if that was you, actually, Laura. I can't think of anything, anyone else I talked to in my life. <laughs> we were talking about how humour, it, like, it rescues you in times of trouble because mm. it, you, you have to, you, I, personally, I have to have it to keep things right-sized in my head because I can't, you know, you just end up going through this spiral of darkness if you can't make light of anything in life. Not obviously the, you know, the really shit things, but just generally speaking, I think if you can find light in here with humor, you're so much better off. Your day isn't such a grind. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people find through our hilarious podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but just being able to take the piss out of yourself and not take yourself and the people that you work with <laughs> mentioning their names. when you say take the piss out of yourself do you mean each other yeah I do <laughs> more, more that isn't it <laughs> yeah. so it's also so it's also quite fun like it took to see people's reaction to it because people don't know how to take it when Charlotte mm. or me might crack a pretty dark joke about obviously what's happening and they're literally like shit am I supposed to laugh am I yeah Am I supposed yeah. to give you a hug? Like, what am I supposed to do here? It's quite, so it's quite fun. Obviously, unless they've gone through it, they've gone through it, they'll just crack along with you and laugh along with you. It's, mm. yeah. Yeah. It, is, it is nice in that sense. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't do it intentionally to be naughty. And make <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. to be clear. But, you know, friends are like, you know, life motto, laugh or cry, you know? like mm. And exactly. sometimes you definitely need to cry. Yeah. And, mm. you know, there's been a lot of that. But, you know, if you can make, as you say, 
make light of a bad situation or just say things sometimes to shop when you know your friends are like oh my god you're a nightmare you too it is the way that we that is definitely one of our coping mechanisms for sure mm. and how so where are you now so you've obviously your your third loss has been actually quite recent so what yeah that side of things look for you at the moment or have you put it on hold because of Chris's challenges or so so uh not not wanting to put it on hold but because we have now had had three um so the first was a miss miscarriage so I did have to have surgery for that um the second was a miscarriage and then the third was a miscarriage but it was early, the earliest of the three it was about five and a half weeks um so that was hard because when we were, went to the hospital which the other ones have happened during the week so we've gone straight to the early pregnancy unit the EPU whereas this one happened on like a Saturday so we sort of had to wait and you know things had passed then over the weekend it was it was registered as a pregnancy of an unknown location so that was really difficult for me mentally because I was like have I made this up like if they if they can't scan and they can't see it like is it just is my word against science's words um you know done done two pregnancy tests both were positive but you kind of feel like you're self-diagnosis until mm. you get to a certain point so that was hard um but I you know they have to do that for your legal reasons to the safety of of the mother um because obviously if I had an ectopic or something which I didn't have um because they can't see it they need to be sure that it's not it's either passed or it's not in the wrong place so yeah. um had to have bloods the bloods confirmed that I was pregnant which was a big relief because it made me feel like I, I was validated that yeah. I was pregnant um and so that was then registered as a as a third a third miscarriage as well so that was as I say in um July um yeah why can't I get my months right? Feels like there's been so many. Um, it was this <laughs> summer, and then um, I effectively went. I've then got the appointment for the recurring miscarriage clinic with Tommy's, with St George's in um, Tooting, okay. so through the NHS. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was put into that clinic, and I think because I'm quite diligent in organising myself, chasing up. Um, and I think we had a quite a nice rapport with one of the nurses. She's seen us twice and then followed up on the third time. She was, he turns up in like running, he's always in kit, he's a PE teacher, so he's always in kit, but she was fascinated to hear more about, you know, he turned up and I was thinking, why is it why is she talking to him? I'm the one that's <laughs> going, yeah. <laughs> Can you stop talking about the Iron Man. Um I think she just uh she she was on our side effectively and and she I think was able to help fast track us through the recurring miscarriage like dates or, or or however it might have been but I guess the hiccup we did have was after two of them through my GP and through the St George's talking to each other um we went to have our appointment I then fell pregnant the third time I called I said I'm now pregnant and they said right don't come in a month's time come in come in tomorrow so I went I went in um and then they effectively said, oh, well, you're pregnant. We can't do anything for you. So good luck. Helpful. Off you go. Off you go. I'm sure it'll be fine this time. And then two days after that, I, I miscarried. So that was really hard in my mental place of like, if we if the appointment had been a couple of weeks later, then yeah. you know, maybe I'd then have miscarried and then I've been seeing it. And I felt like I almost like missed that opportunity for an appointment, which is so hard to get. Yeah. yeah. 
So that was incredibly frustrating. So it was actually the Thursday was the appointment. The Saturday I I started to bleed and then the Sunday was full sort of um the miscarriage was that is frustrating. Bad. Have they booked so you in again? Re- Sorry? Have they booked you in again? Yes, they, they have and they did and because yeah, because even though it was like really frustrating, it, it still wouldn't have actually made a difference in the sense of you have to be three which is kind of why we are waiting now because you have to be three months clear of pregnancy before they can do all their testing. So, um, which is means basically at the end when we come back from uh, America, then or, yeah, we can yeah. basically hopefully get some answers or yeah. find something out. I, I, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, and how's that? Do you think that has given you knowing that you have to wait that three months? Do you think that's given you a bit more clarity in terms of you can just focus on this one thing your challenge now and then worry about that later because sometimes if you mix two things up you don't it's but but maybe that's given you more of a focus on your challenge in the in the first point and then you can worry yeah. about stuff. I, I would yeah. say yes I would say you know the way the way it happened um it was July the 4th that was a remember the day in August so so yeah. lost lost the baby at the start of July and I guess it then was kind of a green light to take the trying, the month, the tracking, the, you know, do you use that, weighing on sticks, cervical mucus, all of these things. And, and you know, and you have both mentioned it before in previous podcasts, but people try and say to you, like, try not to have it on your mind. You're like, how is this not on my mind? I've got, yeah. I've got four weeks in a month, you know, and I get a period on one of those. And then, you know, yeah. you know. The frustration of that but what so what what in a way allowed us to kind of have a really nice summer um you know get a twisted way I did my work always been and have been amazing through this whole process um I'm a chartered surveyor and um we escaped to Spain for a bit um my parents that's where we, we got married out there um my parents my mum's a nurse and she's actually been in Spain every single time I've miscarried and she has felt terrible um not to be there um so we actually escaped to them and that, and that was it was nice and I think you know the first couple of weeks it's it, it's upset and it's frustration um especially when in in that one week I got told by three very close friends they're all pregnant mm-hmm. so um and got their cervical scan so that's also another thing that is obviously hard to hear um but we were then effectively able to have our summer this summer without mm. feeling like we're tracking everything yeah. and so it's like somebody has told you you know, the consultants say, so the message was, do not try and get pregnant, which is also difficult, isn't it? Because you've gone through just over a year and three pregnancies of all you want to do is get pregnant. Yeah. And then someone tells you, don't get pregnant. And you're like, God, this is such a head fuck. Excuse my. Mm, such a head fuck. Because, because a bit of a like, relief. It's, yeah. It, you're right. It's quite nice to be told you can't, you can't try. Although, like you said, it's everything that you want. Mm. But just taking a break from it. Yeah. A, forced, a forced break means that you've there's nothing you can do about it. So you just sort of surrender to living Correct. your life. And Correct. I always found that when I was living in those periods of like forced, a forced break, things like pregnancy announcements and other usual triggers didn't affect me quite as much because mm. it wasn't no, like I was trying at, at the same time. I, you know, if someone tells you when you're trying, you can feel like, oh, but I, that's what I want. They've got what I want. But I think when, for me personally, whenever I've been on a break, I've thought, well, you know, I'm on a break. So, you know, good luck to them. Yeah, it's not going to happen, happen right for now me because, in a few months' yeah. time. 
Yeah. It is, I think it's amazing. Like we, we touched on it earlier about the power of your mindset. Like your brain is so incredibly adaptive, adaptable, moldable, malleable. It's like, you know. I like that last We are so able to reframe things. Um, yeah. and, and that's just such a powerful uh, like example of it, isn't it? You knew that that wasn't in the running. So you adapt quickly and you can see things in a different light. You can see things feel more positive, feel more. But it's just about harnessing that that ability to, to adapt your mindset into all different areas. And I mean, Chris, you are no stranger to that because I remember when I uh, ran the London Marathon towards the end of my training, I remember thinking like a 15 mile run was a really short run. And I would look at my <laughs> training schedule and go, oh, I've only got 15 miles this weekend. Great. Yeah. But yeah. day one... The thought of running 15 miles was like, what? Yeah. No way. Like yeah. that. But that's it's just a mindset thing, isn't it? It's completely oh, yeah. how you adapt to all sorts of things. And if we, I, th- I, I really do believe that if we can explore that as people, <laughs> yeah. we open up so many doors and we, like our brains are kind of, we, we're, our brains are not limited by anything, not like the world is. Mm. So if we can just harness that and, and take some limitations off our brains, like we will achieve things that we never thought possible by, yeah. by taking on this kind of mindset malleableness. Yes, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And I, and I think, you know, the, the other thing was I have definitely over the last 15, 18 months. I've resented the Iron Man. I've and resented it because of the time. Sorry. And your husband, presumably. Yes. Resented that and him because of the time it takes, mm. right? You know, we all know when you're trying for a baby and you might have a window of not very long, but you might then go, well, let's hedge our bets and make that window five days or something and try and have sex, you know, every day in that window. You then feel that you're getting regiment. You're you're part of the training program, you know, and and, and, and to a degree, you know, you don't swim, bike, run, set. <laughs> but at times, you know, like kind of event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've tried to look. I've tried to get the, the consultants, or whatever, to be like. Tell him it's too much. It's too much. You know, some people would say extreme, extreme training is too much. And I don't know enough about the science there, but we we aren't having a problem with falling pregnant. Um, mm. You know, we can we can conceive. But there have been times where it's like I felt like I, I've got a sense that he's aware and I'm aware that he needs to be on the bike for tonight. So trying to be sexy and do. When you say on the bike. <laughs> I'm, I know. <laughs> are, you, are you the bicycle? The past is the past. Okay, we've all we've all got a dodgy past. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's been pressure, right? Like there's, and I've got cross at times for sure, and I've and I've hated mm. it, and and you know, I think I and, I, and my friends are saying I have given a lot of to be able to say, right, I know that this. But for Chris, his mindset, there's no one, there is no, I do admire him. I hate him sometimes, but I do admire him. I, there isn't anybody that I, I know. We both swam competitively when we were younger. It's how we met. So, you know, I've known from day one, this is kind of what I'm signing up for. But his ability to just kind of lock him away, himself away and just put him through physical pain, you don't necessarily always associate it with your escape. But I, mm. I think a lot of it sometimes is down to can't control 
this mm. but he can control his effort into yeah. into that so I do know I think it's your way of yeah. escapism I guess I've said it before it's like almost like therapy yeah a different focus Um, is always helpful I think there's a lot to be said for um for exercise as a therapy and certainly when I when I stopped drinking last year I threw myself into exercise and it was unbelievably helpful to me at that time because all this kind of energy that you have and overthinking and obsessions and I mean that's just me personally but I had to channel it somewhere and I think grief is sometimes the same when you when you have when you're overcome if if you have an overwhelming emotion whether that be grief or, or sadness or anger or whatever and you channel that into something physical like exercise it really does help both and there's never yes. I I cannot ever remember a time that I felt something so wholeheartedly and gone for a run and not felt a lot better afterwards mm. because you yeah. change the state just by doing it you change the state of your mind and your body and you get outside and there's a lot to be said for being outside as well isn't there yeah and the endorphins like we both you know we, we swam we both studied sport um we, we we know we get it like you know we fully believe that that sport is amazing I just sometimes say did you have to take up an endurance sport, which takes you four hours, five hours a day to go and have mm. that time for your own headspace, which is frustrating at times. We, I, but I think everyone can feel the frustration. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I would say that, and you, back to your question about having having the pause and 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 the mindset, it has gone full circle in that when we were told we would need to stop, and effectively we 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 him qualifying and us losing the third all happened within a few weeks of each other which um, yeah it's almost like the the mental side of that sort of stuff because it feels like every time like when because actually charlotte actually helped me get into ironman hamburg even though she resents it she's also like unbelievably supportive because she that, that they actually sold out the event but she basically used our story to sort of say can you know can we get in the door here? And, um, and at the same time, it was like at Hamburg and also after qualifying, we felt pregnant and it just felt that for both of us, I, everything was kind of falling into place. Yeah. And then weeks later, it's like, bam, bam, car crash. Car crash again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been such like, like saying, even though like both journeys have kind of gone hand in hand, like the ups and downs of the last year have been insane. Yeah. And, and the Ironman has almost gone from something I resented to in the last three months been something that has kept has caught has allowed me to be distracted and yeah. is has become the distraction in a in a positive way. So <clears throat> when when we decided actually the, the costs so so the costs of the trip are are ex, very expensive. Um, you have to pay to enter the event despite being invited um, and getting out there the kit, the nutrition, the bike box, the, just the logistics of having, you know, a bicycle with you taking it to Hawaii, um, which is oh, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Eleven yeah. hours away, uh, time difference. Sorry, not eleven hours away, but eleven hour time difference in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Like the logistics of it. So as part of our, it was our friends who, you know, I was out with the girl well, girlfriends, and they suggested, well, you know, why don't you look at doing a GoFundMe to help assist with some of those costs, but also do some real, do some real good. 
and look, we were very uncomfortable just setting up a GoFundMe, which effectively was like, can you just <laughs> Hawaii get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that fun, is very fun my Hawaiian holiday. Yeah, and yes. that is very much, you know, it's we've we've made it really clear, obviously, what we are doing, but without having had that suggestion of a friend to say, well, why don't you do some do some good? And and yes, get a bit of funding towards him physically being able to get there to compete. Yeah. But but otherwise, really drive yourself into doing some good, and and so it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, because um, I think like the saying like the cost, like even some of the top top professionals, like the, the British number one who's got potential of winning the professional rates, like even he was considering not going because of like it's just insane how much it costs to get over there, mm-hmm. uh, and and the accommodation costs because they've got such a monopoly over there. All the Airbnbs basically mark up at like five six hundred percent. Yeah, I bet. That's a joke. Yeah. Um, but, but, we, but like you say, we, we would like it's not comfortable doing it. But then second child's friend said about uh, pairing up with raising money for charity, just because there were so many people who were like, even though we weren't didn't feel comfortable doing it, everyone was saying like, we will help you, we will support you. Mm. So the support has been incredible, and it was so nice. Like we set this kind of baseline target of five thousand um, pounds, where we could basically split it between all three. But now we've gone so far past that, like comfortably. And we're and, and the best thing is now it's just like it, everything is now a charity. So I feel far more comfortable asking people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think I think to the mindset piece, I do think you've you've been frustrated coming off the bike. And I think you're more frustrated than ever because you're doing this now for for more of a purpose than is just bigger than just you competing in your Ironman. So there yeah. is there is that mm. there is that pressure probably a bit on yeah a bit on more invested when people are throwing so much money out. <laughs> yeah. I know it is it is for charity. Um and it's just people who just want to support um our story, I guess. And something I'm proud of, I guess for Chris and <laughs> yeah, I am proud of you sometimes. Um I ha- you know when we thought about this and when one of my friends suggested it I said, this has to come from you, Chris, because you're the one doing the event. You're the one competing. And and I would say Chris is, yeah, is very like a yeah. man in, in a stereotypical way that if there's a problem, it gets locked away and not and not addressed. And that's not mm-hmm. to say it's not supportive for me. But like a lot of men going through this. Very he, much a don't talk, mm-hmm. don't show emotions dead inside kind of person <laughs> dead inside yeah. you're not alone there like yeah. it's so common with men not the yeah. dead inside bit but you know <laughs> looking away but, all the emotions but I think what Charlotte's probably getting onto is the fact that it has kind of helped me this mm. kind of process to open up a bit more that's like, brilliant yeah yeah like I not necessarily I probably don't show emotions more but I I definitely talk more I think I'm more comfortable he's opening um, up the dialogue uh, yeah, which I guess I guess is a first step because yeah, like probably like when we came back to school, no, maybe early this year. One of my colleagues, who's quite young, and he and his wife had just suffered a, a miscarriage, and it was actually really nice because I guess from a bloke's perspective, I always feel like there's just like an air of kind of helplessness with it because mm. even though it is your baby, it's not happening in your body, mm. so it's like it. I guess it's, yeah it's difficult on that front because I almost when things go wrong I prefer them to be happening to me because at least I can have some kind of like control over it yeah. but obviously when it's happening to to Charlotte you know is it's what, what do you do it's not like, apart from trying to help, offer emotional support it's, 
is that sort of felt like as a as a bloke that helplessness in that sense so it was really nice to I was like you know what I'm going to message him straight away and as soon as he came back to school after it we had a really good chat about it and it was just something I probably would have just not done in the past mm. um, and it was really nice. I was going to ask you whether your whether <coughs> opening up the dialogue had um had opened up conversation like actual conversations with people that you know so that's really really good to hear and that's what we're trying to do we started the worst guy gang ever um, yeah yeah I mean it's very much in its infancy um yeah. <laughs> but we are looking for male voices to support hey. it. so um that would be great if we could uh if if you could help us out there yeah, but definitely. I think it is so like because you know as a woman when you share this is certainly my experience when I shared what had happened to me people came out the woodwork and I thought I knew you at that point and I didn't know that that had happened to you and for every woman that happens to you know and obviously this is generalistic I'm not talking about same-sex couples but every woman that happens to there is a man that's experiencing that in some way so yeah yeah as you say that there is physical physically you don't experience it but you do experience it and your experience will be completely different from your partner's Mm. in that you won't necessarily have the same grief or the same worries, but you still experience it and you still have an equally as difficult experience in time. I've said experience loads of times, but (laughs) you have an equally as difficult life because you are trying to work out how to support your other half. You're seeing the person that you love most in the world in pain and you can't do anything about it. You can't take that pain on. As you said, Chris, like, you like it, you sort of prefer it when things happen to you because you have that control. But that's a very different thing for a man, a man to have, that complete lack of any like any control whatsoever. Yeah, Less than the woman. It's out of a woman's control. But for a man, you're just a, an onlooker. You're not, like my husband wasn't even allowed to come into the bloody appointments with me because oh, it was COVID. Man. And you just think he was so <coughs> out, you know, sat in a car park just waiting for a phone call. Yeah. To find out whether his baby was was you know what had happened, and I just think for men there is so much that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I equal mental health is equally as important as it is for women. Totally, and I and I think well, I was like two points there. But we came along to your book launch. Um, oh God! I, can I just? I'm so sorry. Can I just apologise for my husband? No, he was great. <laughs> Oh what? okay, because he came no, back. Great he said, um, he said, yeah, I've met a really nice couple. I said, yeah, I, just, I saw you talking to Chris and Charlotte, and he went, yeah. At one point, I did find myself saying something about, you know, isn't it women have periods and that's really unfair? And imagine blood coming out of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, did he? I was like, Rob, I just, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> It oh was so God. lovely where he was trying to just imagine what it would be like. Um, <laughs> when you got a but, <clears throat> but like that was, it was a book poignant for two reasons. My second miscarriage had actually started at the pub literally four, day, four, four buildings down the road. So I was like, this oh. feels very creepily um, oh. too entwined, but this was a sad thing and this is a really good thing. Um, however, um, you know, walking in there, I said, I'd actually asked, I'm wrong, perhaps wrongly from my, I'd actually hadn't asked Chris to go with me when I first saw your post about it. I asked two friends that I know have suffered losses and both were unavailable. 
And then I said, I wanted to go. And he said, without me really asking, like, I'll come with you. And I was really like, Chris, this is not going to be a you thing. Um, I don't know. That's amazing. But don't like feel that you, that you have to. Yeah, um, I'd, like sure. to I'd, I'd like to come, but don't, you know. Um, and he was like, no, no, I'll like, I'll come. And what was so lovely, I think you said, it, and, and, and obviously speaking to your, to your husband and, and it not being all doom and gloom and seriousness. Um, <laughs> It, it it was an environment where you knew the second that you walked in that everybody got it. So completely, you know, yeah. the worst girl gang ever or the worst girl, guy gang ever. The, the men in the room as well, whether they were there as a support of somebody, whether it actually happened to them, there was straight away a community. And I think you were able to straight away engage in mm. conversation with a couple of people without mm. any feeling of, oh God, how do I, how do I, how do I start this? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think... As well, I had like a similar one with that recently where I was like, I was like, I don't know if I like challenged myself to do this, but I was like, I was at the, I saw a swim at a lake out in Shepparton, which is like, I don't even know where it is actually. It's like going towards Middlesex, I think. But um, anyway, there's like a, uh, a brand who sell triathlons kit and stuff like that. And they agreed to basically help us with the fundraiser we were doing and sort of give us a little gift back. And when the lady sort of asked me, you know, I was just sort of saying about various things and I actually sort of said what we're raising funds for straight away. And then off the back of that kind of said, I guess, why we were doing it, which I, no way I would have been like head down, just been like, I have my gifts and I'll be on my way. But she, she was really nice. Like she, she was obviously like really interested and really wanted to engage. So I was like, fine I'll um I'll engage and I'll tell our story and yeah like <laughs> half an hour later and it was like pitch black by the time we finished it was like weird but nice it was like a again rather than with a colleague at work who I know really well the conversation with a complete stranger about it who funnily enough had when she was in her early 20s had experienced a, a miscarriage mm. um but like you were saying earlier I, think I remember you were saying in terms of like the number of people who come out of the woodwork so on our, um, so we've got like a uh, an Instagram page. We are sort of triathlon related, but equally we kind of help people to understand what we're raising money for. Mm-hmm. And like off the back of some of our posts about uh, yourselves um, and also Tommy's, we've had so many people that have got in touch who have, who have even reached out to be like, you know, I've had a horrendous experience with trying to um, conceive. Uh, and just like having those stories shared with you is, yeah, quite empowering, I guess. And then mm. it's, it's really, you know, as much as for me to put a, a social media post mm. about miscarriage, like if you said a year ago, I'd be doing something yeah. like that, there's no chance. Like, but yeah, I'm far more comfortable to do it, which I guess is off the back of, yeah. It's men opening putting, up the dialogue. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> men putting themselves out there to be vulnerable, I think. And I think yeah. there's that fear of rejection. There's that fear of, oh, mate, stop with your sob stop story. Mm. Like yeah. the kind of banter around. Yeah, don't cry. Around that. Yeah. And I think that for you, I would say, like, knowing you, it's that vulnerability of going, I'm going to put something out there. And I don't know how my male group of friends are going to are going to receive this. But yeah. like you said, you hadn't realised when you say, our oh, girls just love to chat. Hmm. And actually a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah, um, so girls, say girls have to chat about 
problems, which is probably why they're so better at handling their emotions than blokes. Whereas blokes just chat shit, basically. <laughs> when we yeah. meet each other, we don't have much much substance to what we chat about. Much depth. <laughs> much depth, I, think, I would say. Like also, from an educational point of view, the, the fact that you're a teacher yeah. and you're, you're obviously yeah. a, a really strong male role model for, for the kids at your yeah. school. Like, if there was any sort of ability that you had to share your story and why you're doing what you're doing with with some of the kids in a sort of age appropriate way yeah you know that that sort of thing when they hit because half of half of the kids that you teach will be affected either mm. by either themselves or with by proxy with a partner yeah and if they remember oh do you remember Mr Ashton at school he was talking about this and and it just opens that little door of yeah. I'm not alone because someone I know went through this and they survived and they've got a story and I can look that up and I can go here and I can go there. You know, it gives a little crumb of light. Yeah. Agreed. In the future. And I just think if if more people like you, because it, because as you say, like every talk about, yes, women, you can find them. You can type into Google, you can find women sharing their experiences, but much less so for men. And I think if someone like yourself, Chris, who is so physically strong and so physically capable, you're doing all these incredible events, you're doing the Ironman, you're competing in the world championships for Ironman, but you're also not afraid to be vulnerable about your emotional life. I mean, mm. there is, in my mind, there is nothing stronger than that. I and mean, there is no better role model for a man than someone who is equally as in touch with their masculinity, masculinity quote, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. also their emotions. So yeah. fair play to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well done. we, yeah, we do uh, quite a lot of the boys uh, and parents as well follow my social medias. And I did put something like in the, we do like a weekly parent bulletin. And it was inc- like, that was where we, we had like a, another like really big surge on our GoFundMe slash charity page, because which it is now. Um, and so like we had open morning last Saturday and so many parents like, just came up to me and just like it was quite nice just openly and I'm whereas before I think if somebody started coming up to me started openly talking about problems I was having I'd probably feel a bit awkward mm-hmm. um whereas I was more than happy to have an open and frank conversation with with parents about you know what's happening in my life which I guess not many teachers probably share their own problems no, and then and, and that sort of stuff so I guess they're aware uh, and and yeah, it's it's nice because like some parents come through and say, yeah, we had our problems as well, and so it opens up, opens up yeah. as well. And you become a point of reference for the future. So you might like that everything has a knock-on effect on everything else that we go through in life. So in the future, you, you, the kids that you're teaching now will go through that and remember that, and they'll be able to to pull on that. And and even if it's just even if they never contact you or, or anything, just to, the, the knowledge that someone yeah. else has gone, has gone before. Someone else it. And, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think that is so important that, you know, what we're doing now is not just about opening the conversation for people who are going through it now. It's about laying a foundation for people that are yet to, go, you know, so tragically yet to go yeah. through it. And that's, yeah. that is, I think, as, as our generation, that is really our responsibility to do. Yeah. 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 There is nothing in school. Uh, like, you know, you don't get taught that. They talk about other things in sex education, but... You know, I think you said how to put a condom on a banana or whatever it is, cucumber. Whatever, or cucumber, whichever it is. Well, whichever contraption. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's nothing on that at all. Like, no, uh, no, yeah. yeah, it's how not well, to get 11, pregnant, um, isn't it? 
My 11 year old son did uh, sex education and he asked his teacher why they couldn't learn about miscarriage. Oh, amazing. And she said, because it's too sad. And too uh, too sad. sad. Right. And he said, (laughs) obviously, you know, (laughs) bold as brass. Do you know who my mum is? (laughs) Well. Maybe if anyone wants to know, they should look up the worst girl gang ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and look, like um, totally, and and I think for us, I guess it's, it is a thank you to you guys for you know hearing. I've done a lot of the reading and seen how it all began, and I think I think one other thing, Chris, when I had, was listening to the podcast, funnily enough, we were in Spain and we had a couple of long drives because, funnily enough, someone's taken his bike out there and he's gone cycling for hours oh, right. and I just yep. go and collect yeah. him from some said place. This guy sounds like a douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an idiot. What? No, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, but but we had I had the podcast on in the car, and I would say I think that's one other message is is you got in and you were like, why are you listening to this? Mm. Is this not like, so, thought, yeah. so depressing? Mm. Yeah. He was kind of like, again, it's that don't address it almost. That yeah. that maybe to just if we ignore it, you're not going to be sad about it. Yeah. And I made him like no I'm driving the car yeah. I've just driven to come and collect you this is what I want on the, on the radio yeah. um and then within 10 minutes I was like this is fucking brilliant <laughs> and oh, eight more words oh. straight away because yeah it just yeah your podcasts are yeah very good yeah. very like you say they just tick all the boxes in terms of it's addressing horrible things you know that happen mm. but people don't talk about but equally it's got good humor in it and uh and it helps people <laughs> to, to deal with it. <laughs> and and you know that you realize then and listening to some of the guys, the dads or the partners on there, which I think is important as well, which is awesome because you have you get both you get both perspectives. Um mm. and I think that's been that's been amazing. So that's why we're doing it. We want to um support you guys because it's supported us. Um so I guess thanks thanks so much no well guys thank you so much for joining us and uh, gosh Chris I don't know if excited is the right word but I'm almost (laughs) more nervous about your (laughs) challenge than I am about my huge uh... (laughs) no in joking you can compare notes yeah Yeah, Yeah. we will be keeping an eye out and you're we are going to follow you um and we 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 send you so much love and luck and Charlotte it can't be easy to watch someone that you love going through such a challenge yeah no exactly um unfortunately she's generally there at the finish line to pick up the pieces which is yeah 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 always fun and then you know when we get back I guess there probably will be a bit of anxiety I think flying back because we know that then it's go time again so it's just trying to make sure that we enjoy this time where we don't have the pressure um to be trying and to be you know, not losing any possible window of, yeah. of having a baby. Um, so, you know, that our journey continues come the end of October. So, um, well, we wish you so much luck with the challenge and then with trying you. again. You know yeah, where yeah. we are if you need us. And, and what we'll do is much. we'll stick all of the links in the show notes of the Lovely. podcast so that people can go and have a look. Thank you for the you. journey and donate. Amazing. Thank you so Brilliant. much. Thank you very much, no guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. You too. Chat See you later. to you soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.